This is the Special Needs Family Hour with Julie Ames. Brought to you by Special Needs Family Resources, LLC. For the next hour, we'll be discussing the particular challenges and real-life solutions for families with special needs. If you found us, please know that you are not alone. To find out more, go to SpecialNeedsFamilyHour.com. Now, it's your host, Julie Ames, on AM860, The Answer. Thanks for listening today to the Special Needs Family Hour. I'm Julie Ames on AM860, The Answer. Our show is dedicated to helping those parents and caregivers who are caring for special people. The theme of the show is the essay, Welcome to Holland, by Emily Pearl Kingsley. Kingsley describes the experience of raising a child with a disability. It's like planning a fabulous vacation trip to Italy, only to realize that your plane has landed in Holland. Holland isn't a bad place. It's just a different place. So you must go out, buy a new guidebook, learn a whole new language, and meet a whole new group of people you would never have met. Holland is a code word for living life with those with disabilities. My hope and prayer is that the challenges we all face in Holland will make us better people. This has been a good week in Holland. Our oldest two daughters, Maria and Christina, are on the autism spectrum and have intellectual disabilities. Our youngest daughter, Anna, is a typical teenager. This is an exciting time for us. Our oldest two daughters have both graduated from high school and both are in a transition program learning about different jobs. Both have also been working with vocational rehabilitation. And Maria is currently exploring her talents through a program called Discovery. The goal is to help Maria determine what type of work would be the best fit for her skills, likes, and dislikes. She has been observed in her home environment, at her transition program, and participating in various activities. Maria has had an opportunity to learn about the florist business. She's also had an opportunity to explore working at a cafeteria to include wiping tables, sweeping floors, and filling napkin holders. Through these experiences, she has learned a few things. She doesn't like the smell of flowers and the mess associated with putting together floral arrangements. She has also learned that she enjoys stocking shelves. So far, her favorite thing is scanning and organizing books at the library. Individuals with special needs, just like those without special needs, never stop learning. Our goal is to continue to help our girls develop their work skills, self-care skills, and social skills. The goal is for them to have a contented life, a safe place to live, a purpose in life, something to look forward to every day that will provide a sense of accomplishment, such as a job well done. We hope that their lives will be filled with fun, friends, family, and faith. There are so many individuals with special needs who are underemployed. That's why I'm excited about our show today. We will be discussing a new program to help employers become more competent in hiring individuals with disabilities. I'm Julie Ames, and you're listening to the Special Needs Family Hour on AM 860, The Answer. Please stay with us. We will be right back. To reach Julie or any of the guests on today's show, call 813-816-2637. That's 813-816-2637. Or go to specialneedsfamilyhour.com. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Special Needs Family Hour with Julie Ames on AM860, The Answer. To contact Julie, go to specialneedsfamilyhour.com. That's specialneedsfamilyhour.com. 
Now, here's Julie Ames. I'm Julie Ames, and you're listening to the Special Needs Family Hour on AM 860, The Answer. Today, our guests are representatives of the Business Center for Diversity and Inclusion. We will be discussing a new pilot project to help employers become more confident in hiring job seekers with disabilities. Please introduce yourselves to our listeners and tell us a little bit about your background and how you got involved with special needs. Thank you, Julie. I'm Steve Roberto. I am the project manager with the Business Center for Diversity and Inclusion, and I've been involved with uh, working for nonprofits for over 15 years. Uh, Interestingly, it turned out that my first and second uh, positions with nonprofits involved individuals with disabilities, adults with disabilities. Yes. And it was through... uh, having a sales and HR background and through a business contact when I was looking for a career, a new career opportunity, someone who had supported a local nonprofit suggested with my background and skill set to take a look at nonprofits. And 15 years later, here I am. Yes. Well, I was so thrilled to, that you came. Uh, Stephen spoke at our Rotary Club. And when I heard what you had to offer, I thought all businesses need to know about this pilot project for hiring those with disabilities. And Could you please introduce yourself? Uh, Yes. Hi, I'm Rena Nathan. I have been with the Diversity Initiative for about two years now uh, since I've moved to Florida. Uh, When I was in New York, I have been working in the not-for-profit field and working with people with disabilities for the last 20 years. I started uh, coaching Special Olympics and doing uh, working with them in recreation programs, then moved into uh, vocational programs, went into residential services, and now came back to vocational services again here in Florida. Awesome. Well, I'm glad that you're both here today. And I was noticing on the website that you have you have diversity and inclusion, and then you have the, the um, Diversity Initiative and Business Center. Can you explain the differences? Sure. We'd be glad to. The Diversity Initiative was uh, created and founded by our president CEO, eight to ten years ago, and basically was founded to help connect job seekers with disabilities with local employers throughout the Tampa Bay area. We are a service provider for the Florida Department of Education's Division of Vocational Rehabilitation, commonly referred to as VR. So as a service provider for VR, we've had over 1,500, I believe we're up to 1,700 successful connections of bringing people with disabilities looking for part-time or full-time opportunities with businesses of all sizes and industries throughout Tampa Bay. We were asked to be the lead by Florida Vocational Rehabilitation on this unique pilot project starting a few months ago in the Tampa Bay area, and that resulted in us creating the Business Center for Diversity and Inclusion, which focuses totally on the pilot project for employers and not the TDI placement services, which is the other part of our nonprofit. Yes. Well, it's exciting because your pilot project is for three years. Correct. And and as this is, is done and completed, it will offer feedback, and hopefully more of these programs will be started in the state. Exactly. And what's in, you mentioned it's a three-year project. We're about uh, nine months into the first year, and we've been very active in both Pasco County and Hillsborough County for the pilot project, which also will include Pinellas County and Hernando County in the near future. Yes, and we have a, over about, a, I would say about 150 employers already participating in the pilot project. Yes. And um, as far as vocational rehabilitation, could you tell a little bit more about that? Sure. For people that aren't as familiar with it as we are? Sure, I'd be glad to. As I mentioned, 
vocational rehabilitation is funded and is part of the Florida Department of Education. And VR basically is, uh, their mission is to help connect job seekers with disabilities with employment. That is their mission. Uh, they're a statewide agency that's funded both with the Flo- uh, state of Florida, obviously, as well as the federal government. And that funding uh, means that VR has offices throughout the state of Florida and has been able to help thousands of Floridians with disabilities find employment with the help of their service providers, such as the Diversity Initiative. Yes, yes. And we've had shows of vocational rehabilitation, so people can go on the website and look at those. But um, just for those that maybe are new to this, they do all types of programs for people. Um, years ago, before I even know what, knew what VR was, I had a friend who was um, had hearing problems, and they made sure that she had hearing aids. They made sure that she was professionally dressed, and they introduced her to different jobs. And that's exactly. what you're doing. Ex- exactly. Rena? Yes, yes Rena. Um, at VR, yes, one of the primary things is the vocational employment services, but they also provide the other services that are needed to help get them to be um, confident, stable, and have the proper supports both medically and otherwise to make sure that they can be successful in their placement. Yes, and obviously you guys have been doing a good job because you're at 1,700. <laughs> the TD, the Diversity Initiative, uh, yes, yes uh, has done, obviously has had a, a lot of success, and I think that helped with our uh, being asked to take the lead on this VR-sponsored pilot project. Yes, now we've been, dis- we've been discussing getting... Um, jobs for those with disabilities. But I noticed on your website you have unique abilities throughout your website. Could you explain that, Stephen? Sure. Instead of focusing on someone's disability, when Rena, myself, or anyone else involved with trying to help the individual find employment, we try and focus on the positive aspects of what that individual skill set, motivation, dedication, and wanting to work and, be, and bring value to the employer, we like to focus on the positive aspects of it, uh, and, and thus we refer to it as unique abilities, which I think might be a fairly new um, terminology, if you will, rather than continuing to. Unfortunately, many people when they hear disabilities, it brings up a concern or a potential negative aspect of giving someone an opportunity to interview and possibly show what they could do as a valued employee. Yes. Now, this pilot program is focusing mostly on intellectual disabilities and those individuals with autism. Right. While it's it, 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 the pilot project, excuse me, basically helps anybody with disability, but the focus is there are so many individuals, adults with uh, autism or on the autism scale, right. looking for part-time or full-time work, while the pilot project encourages all disabilities to be considered, especially intellectual and autism. Yes, on your website, I saw where that was worth a trillion dollar as far as what isn't um, being tapped as a resource out there. Right. It's basically an under-the-radar market, if you will. Between the thousands of individuals with disabilities and their families and their friends, it really represents a a very significant target market for employers and businesses to consider as they're trying to increase their own business, if you will. Yes. Well, my girls, my girls like doing um, simple things. Uh, cleaning and sweeping and blowing off sidewalks and those types of things. And they're excited to do it and they're happy to do that. But um, as a parent, you want them out there and you want them working. And, and it's really, it's getting over that, um, that I guess it's the impetus for businesses to realize the advantages to hiring them. And we'll get 
into some of that here in a little bit. And, and you're right. And sometimes businesses don't recognize people with disabilities as cons- potential consumers and purchasers of their product or service. And uh, empowerment through employment means that they also will have discretionary income uh, and they'll become consumers. Yes. Well, I noticed the other part I was looking at is that you have 12 trainings that businesses will go through. Um, can you t- explain that? Is that 12 trainings, like they have to go in sequential order or what? Uh, Rena? Yes. Uh, the 12 trainings we will be reviewing over the course of the three years and how we will choose to present them as we want to make sure that we get to all of them, but also we will repeat them. We want to try and do that with the feedback from the employers that are partnered with us so that we can get the information that they want and desire. So if we see a higher demand for like uh, one of the um, more popular ones is tax credits um, and the financial gains that they can get from that, um, that would be one that we would repeat more often than maybe one of the other ones that employers were not showing as much interest in. Yes. It's okay. all about getting right, which the information more beneficial. that the employers want. Yes. And I was noticing, too, with the employers that you have, um, you even have a place for if an employer just needs uh, so, someone for a job, they can fill out a job placement right. form part on of our website. Part of our BCDI, Business Center for Diversity and Inclusion, services besides the optional trainings that Rena just mentioned, the BCDI website is going to be a resource in many different ways for employers who decide to participate in this no-fee pilot project. So both BCDI can be a resource, VR can be a resource, and there's additional other resources highlighted on our website for employers. Well, why don't we take a break there? I'm Julie Ames, and you're listening to the Special Needs Family Hour on AM 860, The Answer. I am here with Stephen Roberto and Rena Thanthan, representatives of the Business Center for Diversity and Inclusion. We are discussing a new pilot project to help employers become more confident in hiring job seekers with disabilities. To reach Julie or any of the guests on today's show, call 813-816-2637. That's 813-816-2637. Or go to specialneedsfamilyhour.com. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Special Needs Family Hour with Julie Ames on AM860, The Answer. To contact Julie, go to specialneedsfamilyhour.com. That's specialneedsfamilyhour.com. Now, here's Julie Ames. I'm Julie Ames, and you're listening to the Special Needs Family Hour on AM860, The Answer. I am here with Stephen Roberto, Rena Nathan, representatives of the Business Center for Diversity and Inclusion. We are discussing a new pilot program to help employers become more confident in hiring job seekers with disabilities. And Stephen and Rena, I wanted to start out with, let's start discussing the 12 trainings that you're offering. And I guess the first training that I see here is overview of disability legislation. But maybe before we start all that, Stephen, could you explain who is coming to these trainings? Sure, I'd be glad to. These 12 different trainings are geared towards helping employers become more confident and comfortable interviewing, hiring, and managing job seekers with disabilities. The 12 trainings range from legislation to the American with Disabilities Act, tax credits, how to interview somebody with a disability, effective communication with them, developing your work culture to be uh, more comfortable for individuals with job seekers with disabilities. The target audience, if you will, are HR managers, HR managers, directors, corporate recruiters, if you will, 
talent acquisition specialists are also right. one of the new terms that we've uh, encountered, if you will. But anyone involved with recruiting or hiring from a corporate basis, as well as hiring managers themselves. It could be a department manager. It could be a housekeeping manager from a hotel. It could be the front of house manager at a restaurant, for example. Anybody involved with the hiring process for a specific company or employer is welcome and encouraged to attend, as well as the business owner themselves. Now, what are the sizes of these businesses that you're seeing at your trainings? They range in size from small home-based businesses, with possibly several employees, might be a home-based service business, to the very large local employers that with companies that individuals will recognize the names that are national companies with either retail or offices here in the Tampa Bay area. Well, would you want to, can you release sure, those Sure, for names? example, Nielsen Media Systems is one, WellCare Health Plans is another. Uh, we have a variety of restaurants and hotels that are also participating in the pilot project. So again, it ranges from several individual size companies to companies that are quite large. Yeah, so I was amazed on the website. There's a list of over 350 businesses that employ individuals with unique abilities or disabilities, however you want to say it. Exactly, and that's it's. It, thank you for bringing that point up. You may hear Rena or myself refer to job seeker with disability or someone with unique abilities, and what we're trying to point out there is. Unique abilities really is as a positive way to talk about somebody who's motivated, who's looking for work, be it part-time or full-time, has a skill set and a dedication and a passion to want to work and do a good job for someone. So we like to focus on the positive aspects of their unique abilities rather than the potential negative connotation that sometimes is associated when someone hears the word disability and doesn't really understand what it means. Yes, and I think this might surprise employers, but... I think a lot of them already have people with disabilities and they don't realize it. <laughs> that is, is that true, Rina? Yes, that's true. I have, I've, when I meet with some employers, they'll say, oh, well, they have a disability. They can't do this, that, or the other because they immediately think physical disability. Right. And I try to say that even diabetes is a, a disability that is protected by the ADA. And they're like, Really? I'm like, oh, well, I have this one and that one that has a disability, that has diabetes. Well, yes, so you already have employees. Yes. And they don't even realize it. Yes, and you can even have people on the autism spectrum who are higher functioning that wouldn't tell you that they are because they've learned how, they've learned their coping mechanisms and how to operate. Right. Within that environment. It's a good point you raised, Julie, also, if I could just add something, and that is yes, you're absolutely right. The larger the company, the greater chance that that employer may have individuals in their workforce already that have an invisible disability. As you mentioned, they might be on the autism scale. They may have a bit of a learning disorder. But as they see their employer develop more and more of a culture that's going to make them comfortable, then there's a good chance that uh, they will refer other potential employees to the employer or just be more comfortable possibly disclosing their own disability. Right. Um, now, let's go through some of these courses. The first one was, I guess, it's an overview of disability legislation. Right. That's one that we haven't uh, actually offered yet. Uh, one little more background, if I may, about these training courses yes. is they range from 60 to, minute, 60 to 90 minutes in length each. We try and be sensitive to the fact that the HR managers, business owners, and hiring managers who are attending these usually have very busy schedules. Uh, so, again, they range from 60 to 90 minutes. We usually keep them fairly small, about anywhere from 10 to 20 attendees per
per training session because we really want to be we want them to be engaged in the training course itself session. Vanessa Rodriguez, who's our vice president of the Diversity Initiative, is also the corporate trainer of the BCDI pilot project. She's the one, along with our president and CEO, who are designing the training sessions with VR's input, yes. as well as Vanessa Rodriguez is the one who's actually doing the presentations, which usually take place at uh, public library meeting space, meeting rooms, if you will. Uh, works very well with our training, our trainings, but sometimes we will do them at other venues also. Yes. Well, I think it's great that you're offering a course. Just if some, I guess, an HR person wants to be more familiar with um, the disability legislation. I know I have tried to weed my way through different legislative things that, that have been written up and um, like No Child Left Behind. Um, it's very difficult <laughs> it is. to go through pages and pages. Yes, Rena. And that and that's why we are trying to present these trainings is to make it easier and to try to simplify it and to find other um, sources that may explain it better or easier than the actual legislation. The actual document. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Julie, we're really trying to be, this pilot project is really trying to be a resource for the employers. As unemployment goes down, and it's fairly low now throughout the Tampa Bay area as, as well as other parts of the country, companies of all sizes have more of a challenge to fill the current openings with right. unemployment being low. So really the trainings are trying, as you mentioned before, trying to have employers become more comfortable and confident and understand this under-the-radar talent pool of job seekers with unique abilities and what they offer, what value they offer to yes. potential employers. Yes, and I guess the, the second training you have is disability awareness training for employers. What does that consist of? That type of training, basically, you heard me say invisible before. There are the yes. visible disabilities, if you will, that many of us would recognize if we walk into a store or a business. But there are other types, a wide range of disabilities, as Rena mentioned before, diabetes, uh, hearing loss, if you will, right. learning disorders. So we're really trying to help individuals attain that training, have a, a good understanding of the different types of disabilities. Yes, the whole realm. And yes, not Rena. only that, but... Um that sometimes the different um, techniques or supports that we're providing for the person with a disability could actually benefit everybody in the workforce. Yes. What's um, an example of that? Um, so, for example, I there was someone in a placement at a restaurant, and they were having problems reading the cheat sheets of how to make the product, and it's because it was underneath the shelf. And I said, well, what if you put under cabinet lighting underneath the shelf and, you know, not only will that be easier for the one employee, but the individuals with the disability, but it will actually help all the other yes. co-workers as well because it'll be easier for everybody, not just the one person. And the manager was like, oh, yeah, like I was just thinking of the focusing on making the things easier for them, not realizing how that would right. impact the Well, rest too, of the I think when, when someone has a disability and you're walking through a job with them to their view, you're re it's a second set of eyes on the same processes, and that helps you discover things like lighting. Right. That would help everyone. Okay, well, that makes sense. And I guess the third one is including people with unique abilities within your workforce. So, it, yes, Stephen. That training focuses on it's not just the hiring manager that when the, someone is hired with a unique ability, but it's also their coworkers. So that training will focus on 
helping develop a, a work culture, if you will, so that the new employee with unique ability is comfortable not only reporting to his or her supervisor, but also interfacing with his or her coworkers. Yes, yes. Um, I gotta, I gotta say this. I just saw a video, and you two probably have seen it, but it's of a young woman. Well, she's not young. She, a woman with Down syndrome, who was retiring from McDonald's after working there for thirty years. And I know I'll send it to you. But the manager said, you know, she came to she came to work every day with a smile, and she was so excited, and it showed her making the French fries, and and he said, from now on, anytime she comes, she. Ha- can get her free cheeseburger. <laughs> yes, we, what, we, Stephen? We did see, we did hear about that video. That's another yeah. great example of success stories that yes. are available to other employers who may not have knowingly hired somebody with unique abilities yet. That there are hundreds, if not thousands, of success stories uh, with you know such as that one. Let's take a break at this time, and we'll come back and we'll continue discussing all these courses. I'm Julie Ames, and you're listening to the Special Needs Family Hour on AM 860 The Answer. I'm here with Stephen Roberto and Rena Nathan, representatives of the Business Center for Diversity and Inclusion. We are discussing a new pilot program to help employers become more confident in hiring job seekers with disabilities. Stay with us. We'll be right back. To reach Julie or any of the guests on today's show, call 813-816-2637. That's 813-816-2637. 2637 or go to specialneedsfamilyhour.com. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Special Needs Family Hour with Julie Ames on AM860 The Answer. To contact Julie, go to specialneedsfamilyhour.com. That's specialneedsfamilyhour.com. Now, here's Julie Ames. Julie Ames, and you're listening to the Special Needs Family Hour on AM 860, The Answer. I'm here with Stephen Roberto and Rena Nathan, representatives of the Business Center for Diversity and Inclusion. We are discussing a new pilot program to help employers become more confident in hiring job seekers with disabilities. And we have been discussing your 12 courses um, for helping develop your workforce with special needs. And... The fourth course is about using technology to facilitate communications and productivity. Rena. <laughs> yes, uh, although we haven't covered that one yet with our uh, partnering employers. Uh, that one, you know, a lot of employers say, ooh, using technology, how much is that going to cost me? Yes. And a lot of times it could be something simple like extra lighting, or it could be something like an amplifier for a phone for someone who's hard of hearing, but because that's part of their disability, VR would pay for that for the individual. So it would be of no cost to the employer. Yes. So we're trying to get that information out there to employers that even though they have the fear, one of the fears maybe of the extra cost to them, that most likely there is not. Yes. And that's, you pretty much know that kind of up front too, as right. you're, as you're dealing with people and placement and, and what you can do for them. So that's more of a, All right, now the fifth course, Communicating Effectively with People with Unique Abilities at Work. And for those just joining, instead of saying disabilities, we say unique abilities, so we concentrate on the positives and the skills that an individual has to offer. So what is that course like? (laughs) Rena. What that course looks like is um, it gives some more information about people on the autistic spectrum that, you know, if they're not given that eye contact, it's not meaning that they are being disrespectful as society 
has taught us a lot when it comes to communicating that that's okay or that some people may need a little bit more time to answer a question, so give them that time to respond. Um, so those are a couple of examples of different tips that um, are mentioned in that training. Wow, I just had a flashback. I was an engineer with the Navy, and in all these years of dealing with my children, I never thought of this, but there was a, a, a guy that I worked with. I was not working with him closely, but I think he was autistic. Everyone used to talk about him talking to his tie. And I just realized he was talking to his tie because he didn't like eye contact. Mm. And that is the sort of thing that if all my, if we had all known that back, what, 30 years ago, it would have helped the workplace. And also right. understand the candidate better and understand that may not be a an obstacle regarding the type of job that they're being interviewed for if they don't have good eye contact. They may be working on computers. Right. Et cetera, well, it et wasn't. Yeah, yeah, for him, it, it wasn't an issue. He was an engineer working in a cubicle. To show you, uh, to add to that, if I may, to show you another example, at one of our, uh, before the Potter Project, we had lunch and learns for employers also. And uh, one of our speakers gave an example as he was consulting with an international company. They had concerns about how to engage employees with disabilities, how do you speak to them versus the other employees? And a classic example was they had noticed that one of the employees with uh, disability came back with mustard on their tie after lunch. And the employer asked our speaker, what do you say to somebody uh, with a disability? How do you you handle that? That obviously spills something on their shirt. And his answer was, how would you say to another employee? And the employer's answer was, Hey, you may not know, but you have mustard uh, on your tie. You may want to clean that off. He said, exactly. You say it the same way to the person with a disability. Treat them the same way. Engage them the same way. But there are so many concerns and anxiety about what I can or can't say to someone with a disability. That's what that training is trying to help address. So people aren't on eggshells. Exactly. Okay, that makes sense. Okay, then there's another one of encouraging self-identification by people with unique abilities. In some ways, I think we kind of already touched on on that in the sense that you're trying to create a comfortable work environment for everyone. Right. And if someone's having a challenge or. Right. And a lot of people with disabilities over the years have felt judged or that they're treated differently once people know. So that makes them more afraid to let people know, hey, I do need this extra help in this area or that because they're afraid of how they'll be judged because they know that they're different. Yes. Well, I, I was reading an article years ago before I realized my children had um, disabilities or unique abilities, um, and it was about an education lawyer who had uh, presented cases before the Supreme Court. And in the article, it said if you asked him his age, he couldn't tell you. He would get the phone to his wife. So here you have an awesome mind, but when it comes to anything numerical – he couldn't do it. So that's that's one thing that a person would say, well, I, I don't do numbers, and there's nothing wrong with it. <laughs> right, exactly. And, and you mentioned earlier about the autism scale and the pilot project really trying to help people with intellectual disabilities or on the autism scale, if you will, find employment. There are many skill sets that they can offer to a potential employer, and uh, we're just trying to get have the employers be more comfortable giving them an opportunity to interview and, and show and discuss what they're able to, how they can contribute to their company. Yes, and, and then another course is retention and career development of employees with unique abilities. Um, 
one of the things that I, I find um, with my children in the transition program, there are some kids, they love shredding. And they will be happy to shred all day. Mm-hmm. So I think those are examples of unique abilities and matching up a job with an individual. Exactly. And another success story example would be uh, we know of uh, the diversity initiative side of the nonprofit connected a, an individual in a warehouse supervisor position that uh, while the employer, he in their minds, he wasn't their one or second choice when they ended up offering it to him after the first two other choices didn't work out four years later he's not only a very happy and uh, dependable employee but they were so impressed by him that it was a small family business he literally is being treated as part of the family now he's thrilled with his work he's comfortable he knows what he needs to do he's he's there monday through friday with a smile on his face but at the same time they want advancement opportunities when if when possible depending on the size of the company Yes, and then um, I guess another course here is an introduction to employees with unique abilities. I guess in a way we've we've kind of covered that, or did you have more to add? We've we've covered it, but it's uh, thank you for bringing that up because that is the training that we were offering to employers in January for the first time. Okay, and we're hoping that uh, those that attend it really helps address those concerns or questions in their own mind about we haven't hired somebody yet with unique abilities, and we have a, a number of questions about it. And that's what that training is, really trying to introduce the employers to that talent pool. Go ahead, Rena. And yes, that's Rena. why one of the other trainings we have, the interviewing and hiring people with unique abilities, is kind of that next step after that training for, you know, well, do I have to ask different questions? Why is there another person with them? Because they may have a job coach. It's like, right. well, are they going to give the answers? Why is this other person here? Can they do the job? So we are able to answer those questions too. So how do you do that? Um, if you're in there with them? Uh, well, as a job coach, you would just tell the employers here, I'm just here to help support the person and making sure that they understand the questions that you're asking, but they will have their own answers. Oh, that's um, great. Yes, okay. I've been in meetings with my husband before, and you know, we both know how each other's minds work, and there are times I explain something to him and he explains something to me. What were you going to say, Stephen? In a number of cases, the uh, job seeker with disability, this may be their first entry into the workforce. Yes. So they may not be as comfortable or as confident as somebody that's been working for a number of years who's in an yes. interview. So really, uh, besides the entry-level individuals, employers don't realize that vocational rehabilitation also helps people reentering the workforce who are experienced who may be five or ten years into their career, something happened where they have, excuse me, now have a disability and, right. and are looking to reenter the workforce but just need some additional support and training. Yes, well, that makes sense because my oldest, she um, sometimes she won't talk to people when she first meets them. <laughs> Other times she's fine, but in that sort of situation, I could see her not wanting to talk. So Right. And, and it doesn't mean that. She doesn't have a good personality. It's just... Of course, but but just by having that person there who knows her so that if she does pause, the job coach should say to the employer, just give her a minute, or kind of can reword it to language that she can understand more. Because sometimes, I mean, even for ourselves when we're in interviews, it's you ask A, B, and C, okay, answer, and you're like, well, this is the A part again of the question. Yes. And so the job coach can be there to say, okay, 
answer this part first, okay, then this part to help them break it down so that they, because that can be so overwhelming that they just freeze. And if the job coach wasn't there to help break it down for them so that they can answer it all, the employer without that support, they just say, yeah, they don't know what the job and Right, right. So that helps facilitate the whole process. Now, tax credits, that's a course. And explain the tax credit for an employer. Um, um, Rena. <laughs> um, well, the tax credits are for the for-profit companies. Yes. Um, and there are multiple ones out there. You can, the companies can save up to $2,400 a year. And, but some of these tax credits, they have to start either during the hiring process or the first day of the job. And so it's good to get that information out to employers beforehand um, in the hiring process because otherwise they lose out on that benefit. Yes, and the tax traits. Well, the example, I, I think it was when you were presenting at the Rotary, but you gave the example of let's say that you're a small business and you can't uh, – hiring an employee with the whole benefits package really isn't doable, but you could um, hire – Several people are with. Could you explain that example, sure, Stephen? Julie. You did so well, Rotary. <laughs> I'll try to repeat that. Let's see. Yes. What I think what I was trying to explain to individual uh, to employers out there, especially small business owners, is you don't have to hire a job seeker with disability on a full time basis. There are many uh, of those applicants that are looking for part time work. They may be receiving Social Security disability, for example. That doesn't mean they can't work. They just need to watch the number of hours per month and how much they earn per month, or it will impact their government assistance. Right, and it doesn't mean that they're not dedicated. Exactly. And uh, that would benefit, for example, we go to a lot of Chamber of Commerce meetings. Yes. And if we, if we had a dollar for every time we hear a business owner or a general manager say, I wish I could find somebody motivated and who would do a good job for 10 to 15 or 20 hours a week so I could be out there growing my business – whether it's answering the phones, handing the retail counter, doing the computer work. And that's part of the pilot project is to try and have the potential employers understand this under-the-radar talent pool can meet those type of needs. Yes, that's so true. Well, why don't we take a break, and we'll be right back. I'm Julie Ames, and you're listening to the Special Needs Family Hour on AM860, The Answer. I'm here with Stephen Roberta and Rena Nathan, representatives of the Business Center for Diversity and Inclusion. We're discussing a new pilot program to help employers become more confident in hiring job seekers with disabilities. To reach Julie or any of the guests on today's show, call 813-816-2637. That's 813-816-2637. Or go to specialneedsfamilyhour.com. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Special Needs Family Hour with Julie Ames on AM860, The Answer. To contact Julie, go to specialneedsfamilyhour.com. That's specialneedsfamilyhour.com. Now, here's Julie Ames. I'm Julie Ames, and you're listening to the Special Needs Family Hour on AM860, The Answer. I'm here with Stephen Roberto and Rena Nathan, representatives of the Business Center for Diversity and Inclusion. We are discussing a new pilot project to help employers become more confident in hiring job seekers with disabilities. Um, we were just discussing the 12 courses that you're offering, and the last one was about tax credits. And we we're talking about even though an individual may be receiving Social Security, they still want to be employed. And um, 
that whole discussion reminded me, I, I recently visited a community for intellectual disabilities. And I guess Social Security right now, Rena, is that at 733 or About so? 733 is the maximum. Okay. So maximum. so of the rent there was on average, I guess, $400. So more than half their rent, half their money is going to the rent. And as we all know, the rest pays for what? Cable, laundry, transportation, food, S- cell phones. Yeah, so when we're talking about Social Security, I guess, Stephen, we shouldn't see that as a disability. Or, I mean, as a – we could be more of a motivator. Right. These are individuals who are very motivated, who want to become more independent. They want to be more consumers, if you will. So they have a budget of mind, just like the rest of us do, of what they need to be able to live in quality of life, if you will. Many of them will start out part-time and gradually – start to look at not being on government assistance any longer if they're able to work full-time and offset what they used to bring in for government assistance also. Yes. Now, is there anything else that you wanted to add to these 12 programs, these 12 courses that you're offering? Uh, Just that uh, they'll be available to employers through the four counties I mentioned earlier on a rotating basis each month. And, uh, before we wrap up, Rena and I will be glad to give our contact information for employers. You mentioned employers, Steve. Um, like, who's your target audience? Who are you talking about? That's a very good question, Julie. As I mentioned, the pilot project is geared for employers to become more comfortable and confident. And the individuals that are attending, representing their company, are usually some HR manager, HR director, someone from the HR department, if you will, talent acquisition specialist, et cetera, but also hiring managers We've had a number of cases already where an HR manager from a company will attend one training and then after that training come back to Rena and I and say, I've got a couple of department managers or hiring managers that I think this training would be excellent for. Can they also attend? And that's what we're trying to do is have multiple representatives from an organization attend one or more trainings. So it's not just a one person to attend one, two, or three trainings. Multiple individuals can take turns from a company attending different trainings. And that helps with the company's culture. Exactly. Right. That helps a lot with the company's culture. Now, are these firms going to be hiring now? It's a combination of companies that are both hiring now, the larger companies that may have openings throughout the year, as well as smaller companies who are already planning ahead for their workforce and want to attend a training or two to understand more about this under-the-radar talent pool of job seekers with disabilities so that they can actively include them in their recruiting strategy and really what vocational rehabilitation is trying to become is a is a uh, an additional resource recruiting resource for companies many use social media many use the job uh, website postings but VR wants to be known more in the business community as a free recruiting resource also with their having yes. offices throughout the state yes all right can you please tell our listeners where to contact you and could you re- please repeat your information twice sure Stephen uh, Anyone interested in reaching me, um, my phone number is 813-455-7724. My email address is stephen, S-T-E-V-E-N, dot Roberto, R-O-B-E-R-T-O, at tdiworks.org. Again, my cell number, 813-455-7724. Email stephen.roberto at tdiworks.org. And Rena. Yes, and to reach me, my phone number is 727-225-1346. My email address is rena, 
R-I-N-A dot Nathan, N-A-T-H-A-N, at tdiworks.org. Again, my cell phone is 727-225-1346. And my email is Rena, R-I-N-A dot Nathan, N-A-T-H-A-N, at tdiworks.org. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you for the opportunity, Julie. Thank you. Awesome. I'm Julie Ames, and you're listening to the Special Needs Family Hour on AM 860, The Answer. Please join us next Sunday at 1. Thank you for listening to the Special Needs Family Hour. If you've missed any part of today's program, you can get the podcast of this and every show at specialneedsfamilyhour.com. While there, please take advantage of the resources we've made available. And if you're so inclined, please support the advertisers that support this program more than anything. Just know that you are not alone. And we invite you to join us next Sunday at 1 for the Special Needs Family Hour, only on AM 860. The Answer.